Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay, coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We're in the we're in the midst of summer, so high school activities, everything's quiet there. I am John Millay, and we're again giving Jim Suhan the week off as we focus on a couple of previous interviews we conducted with high school athletes, whose John's journal stories were number one and number two from the, the past school year. Last week, we heard uh, a, a chat from December we had with Noah Bierke-Weiser from La Crescent Hoka, whose social media posts urged basketball fans from his school to show better sportsmanship toward officials. That story was number two on my top 10 list. And here's a reminder, you can read all these stories by going to mshsl.org, scrolling down to John's journal. I've got a top a list of top 10 stories, some five honorable mention stories from the year, and you can just... Scroll back to your heart's content, content a few years and read whatever you think you want to read. Uh, so this week, I, we teased this last week, but this is the number one story from the 2022-23 school year. This was an interview Jim and I did in October with the young man who was the focus of my number one story. Everybody knows Luke Clausen from Mountain Lake, uh, a remarkable young man, a cross-country runner who last fall competed in every single event while going through cancer treatment. It's it's an incredible story. Great young man. Uh, so let's go back to October and listen to our interview with Luke Clausen. Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. Thank you for listening. And thanks to our sponsors, Pizza Barn in Princeton and Minnesota Propane. Get out there and grill. Today, John's guest is Luke Klassen, senior cross-country runner at Mountain Lake, uh, recently featured on John's journal at mshsl.org. So John's going to have a little chat with Luke. They're going to get to uh, the regular portion of the show. Once again, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. John, uh, why don't you introduce your guest and, uh, and help us get to know Luke? Yeah, Luke Lawson from, from Mountain Lake. Luke, my friend, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. What's it like to be a senior in high school? Jim and I are so old, we barely <laughs> remember that. What's it like? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's not too much that changes. There's okay. a couple things that change, especially with the teams and stuff. You kind of are suddenly the leader. One of the best things about being a senior is, one, you get to go first in all the food lines, and two, you get to kick <laughs> anyone out of any seat on the bus if you want it. <laughs> the power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's not. we're not here to talk about being seniors. We're here to talk about your yeah. story, and I, I saw you run at a meet in Blue Earth last week, and, and I wrote about you on John's Journal. had a great time talking to you and your mom and dad, and and. I, I've been telling so many people, even before I wrote the story, you know, and I think I told you guys a little bit. I've written, I don't even know how many stories about inspirational high school athletes who've overcome just so many things that you just, you would never guess and and uh, still compete and represent their team and their town. And and what you've done is amazing because you, you have been undergoing cancer treatments. So you're done with those now. But yes, the amazing yes. thing about it is you did not miss any cross-country meets. You ran in every meet, including yep. the day after, the day of, and the day before getting chemo in Sioux Falls. So just let's kind of start like we did last week. Look, just kind of tell me, take me back to the beginning. I think it was in June, right? 
when you when yeah. you found out what was going on. Just tell us that story. Yeah, early June, I went in to get some stuff checked out. I got recommended to a specialist, and a week later, I had a surgery to remove some lumps, and we found out they were tumorous, or they were cancerous, and once they were removed, we were in the clear for about three weeks, and then three weeks after the surgery, I went in just to do some, what I thought was going to be some final checkups, final scans, just to confirm everything was gone. But then we had actually found that it spread into my chest a bit and there was more tumors and that those ones would require chemo. So that was big because we thought we had gotten it all in the surgery and the surgery had been, oh, so bad, so hard. And now all of a sudden, oh, now we have to go through chemo. And and your mm-hmm. mom had some, she's a breast cancer survivor. And I thought it was yes. interesting as a yes. mom when she was, when, when I was talking to you guys and what she had gone through to survive this. And she, she said the last, you know, I don't know, I don't put words in her mouth, but the last thing she could imagine is putting one of her children through this. And she said, you guys even asked, what if, what if you don't do anything? What if you don't do any treatments? And that wasn't going to work out because that, that was going to be a bad ending. So uh, oh, yeah. there was no, no radiation involved, but it was chemo. And, and, you know, I think it was five day, several five day rounds of chemo in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. And one of the neat things about this that I didn't get into a lot in the story was the people who were treating you, you asked, you guys asked them about running and there were some runners in that group. Tell us what Mm -hmm. the, you know, how you, how you got to the point where, yes, let's go ahead and keep running. Well, of course, with any sort of big medical thing like this, you never know what your body can do. You you don't know how your body's going to be able to react. Most people including our family's kind of first instinct is just like, oh, we're going to just have to wrap you up and, and just tuck you nicely in bed until you get better. And we'll just keep you all nice and safe and still. So that that's kind of what we, the mindset that we went into this with. But as we talked to people, specifically a oncologist who was a mega runner, she's done 50 mile races right. left and right. And a, physical therapist who specialized in children going through chemo as we talked to them they started doing some research and they found that doing um aerobic exercises would actually be one of the best possible things from doing this one of the drugs i was receiving had a very nasty side effect where it can harden up the lungs and make it harder to breathe and they found that just by using your lungs a lot and something like running it can actually be great at negating those effects so they did this research. They came to me and they're like, Luke, not only can you run, but that would be so good for you to do. And so then there, I just looked at my parents. I was like, well, I guess I'm running now. <laughs> right. And, you you know, you, I know you didn't feel your strongest all the time when you ran in these cross country races. And, but I mean, yeah. did, at the beginning, did you did you set that as a goal? I want to run in every race that's on our schedule. Or was it more of a week by week thing? Well, I knew kind of right away that it would there'd be some play it by ear but i really did want i really really wanted to do every single meet that i could i wanted to participate as much as i could so that was kind of my goal it was a loose goal you know a tentative goal to race and everything and at one point kind of like you touched on earlier i thought i was kind of gonna have to give up on that goal because our home meet of my senior year i had chemo scheduled two hours away in sioux falls but 
luckily we talked to the doctors. We got it shifted a little bit later in the evening. And so I was able to receive treatment, run home, go to bed, wake up, run the cross country meet. And even without, <laughs> without even going back to camp, we got in the car and went back to, and I got more treatment, but that was the closest I ever cut it to not being able to make it to one of our meets. Sure. And I'm guessing just from what I saw in Blue Earth and, and I know in, in your most recent meet, you had a great time. You must, you must feel pretty strong right now because you're, how far out from the last chemo treatment are we now? Um, over a month. Okay. September 15th was it. Sure. So a month and three days about. Yeah. And you lost your hair, but that's no big deal. That, that'll did. come back. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> that's a bummer. It's already starting to come back a bit. I'm losing my hair, but for other reasons, I'm old. But uh, let's talk yeah. about, you know, you're, you're a captain on this team. I was kind of there observing before the race, before all the races afterwards. And, and I, you know, and, and just watching you, I, the thought I had was this is, this is what a team captain is because you're cheering on your other teammates running before you. You're leading the group you're going to run with, you know, and warm up and stretching. Um, and, and afterwards, you're, you're you know, wondering how the other guys did. And, and, and the quote from you to me was, uh, you know, something like, this is th- this team, this sport is what, what really helped get you through this. Just talk about mm-hmm. the importance yeah. of, of being a member of this team. Well, for one, it's one of the longest things I've really been a part of. I've sure. joined this in seventh grade, so that's like over five years ago. And, you know, when you're young and in high school, that's a lot of your life is five years. So just even the longevity of it, it's been part of my life for so long. And I had actually, even before seventh grade, even before I could go out for cross country, I'd been looking forward to it. My sister was in cross country and she had so many great things to say about it. So many great things to say about the team and the coach. So I came into it already excited And then as the years went on and the miles started piling up, I just grew to love it even more. Um, I found that it was just full of really good people. I'd finish school. I'd go over to to where we'd all meet. And just immediately, it was a good time. Even before practice began, just having fun with my friends and then it's just building relationships through stuff. I've heard sometimes that um, sometimes some of the deepest relationships are built through suffering together. And I'd have to say that's true on our cross country runs because some really good bonding moments come during those long runs of like seven, eight, nine, ten miles where you're all just out there together for an hour and a half. You got it. You got it. Um, let's talk about your coach. I know Kyle Blumgren a little bit. Um, not, not not real well, but, you know, I, I've done a couple stories of, that he's helped me with over the years. And one of the interesting things that you talked about when I was down there was when you went to him to tell him you had cancer. And at this point, you're assuming, you know, it, hopefully you'll feel good enough to sit in a chair and watch races. But he he yeah. was pretty inspirational. Why don't you tell us about that conversation you had with the coach? Well, for starters, Mr. Blumren is a very, Mr. Blumren, that's my coach's name. He's yes. a very emotional man. Um, he has a big heart. He, he has one of the biggest hearts of anyone I know. So I knew going into this that he really, really cared about me and he cared 
about how I feel and the, and he cared about the fact that I really want to succeed. So I went into the conversation knowing that this was going to hurt him. And I, it was over the phone. So I called him and I was like, Mr. Bumgren, I have cancer and my season might just basically be over before it started. And I expected to hear uh, like dismay, like heartbreak in his voice when I said that. But instead, and I can't remember the exact words he said, but I can remember kind of the the, the emotion he had behind his voice. But he kind of just said calmly, he was like, well, so what are we going to do? So what are you going to do? Just asking me what I was going to do in, instead of maybe run type thing. And and what it was, was instead of him being like, oh, no, everything's over, it's all breaking down, he just calmly asked me what I was going to do instead. How am I going to overcome this? Which is something that's really big in cross-country and really big for him. It, his, the way he teaches cross-country, it's about overcoming stuff. So right away he just set me on this path of how are you going to overcome this yeah no he, he's a great he's a great guy i really enjoyed talking with him down there at that meet in blue earth and i, I know your faith is very important to you you told me you'd like to become a youth pastor talk about talk yeah. about two things here your faith and the support that you've received with all the fundraising and and they kind of go hand in hand there was an event called Luke 519 on your birthday in August. Just kind of talk about those two things. Uh, well, I was born into a Christian family. So God and Jesus and Christianity has always been a really, really big part of my life. Always going to church, praying and such. So I've always, you know, known that God is there. God's watching. He's always there for me. But going through this and going through this Honestly, when everything I had was kind of stripped away, it really, really helped me in a way just become dependent on God because it's like there, there wasn't much else way I was making it through this. But and, and and he came through, not in a supernatural healing of the cancer. It didn't go away, but he instead chose to come through and to provide for me by just people people around me, people in the community, people on my team who supported me and prayed for me and were there for me in just so many different ways. And like you said, there was the Luke 519 event. Luke 519 was kind of chosen by a community of people around me. It was kind of chosen as a theme verse for this. It's a story in the Bible where there's a paralyzed man on a mat and his friends are trying to bring him in front of Jesus so he can be healed. But there's not room in the house that Jesus is in to get in front of him. So the friends take the paralyzed man up onto a roof and tear a hole through the roof and lower him down in front of Jesus. And it's basically, it's talking about and representing even when people are so sick or in some sort of circumstance where they can't take care of herself, we will go the extra steps through our faith to bring this person to Jesus so they can be healed, so they can be helped. And so Luke 519 was this theme of we're going to pray for Luke. And so from 12 p.m. to 519 on my birthday, 
there was kind of a relay system set up where someone was always running and praying for myself or other people and families in the community suffering from cancer. And it was amazing. There was t-shirts sold that said Luke 519 strong. There was money raised. I don't even, it, it was thousands of dollars raised just from this little event that my uncle and a youth pastor just cooked up in a week. We had that much turnout. That's awesome. It was crazy. And I know some of the fundraising things that were done, you, you guys donated to the Ronald McDonald House, and that's mm-hmm. where you stayed in Sioux Falls, right? Tell us about that. That's that's pretty amazing. It it was, honestly. I love the Ronald McDonald House now. I, it's just this hotel that's right next to the Sanford Children's Hospital that it, it, it's really simple. If you have a child that needs medical care for multiple days, you can stay in this hotel for free. Absolutely no charge. There's a fully stocked kitchen and all the food in it is free. You can use it whenever you need. So there's been, there were multiple nights when my mom would maybe make like a bit of some pasta or something like that, just with what they gave us. And it was easy to get into. It wasn't like a you know, two hours of paperwork and signing stuff, you just called ahead and said, hey, we need to stay there. And they would say, all right, we have a room for you. It is honestly such an amazing organization. And I absolutely love it. And will probably, if anyone needs a fundraiser, I will recommend them. Basically. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, your your story is amazing, and there's so many different parts to it. And and going forward, I think I told you when we were talking down in Blue Earth, we'd kind of finished our formal interview, and I said, you know, and I had known you for all of 30 minutes, and I just <laughs> it, I just got the sense that you're going to pay this forward for the rest of your life, aren't you? I mean, you you've you've done amazing. You've got a great story to tell, for one thing. But I'm guessing yeah. you're going to be the kind of person who gives back. I mean, yeah, it, I feel like it'd almost be selfish of me to just go through this and then not help anyone else who goes through something hard. And I'm not saying that it makes me better at counseling people or anything like that, but there's a level of empathy when you have gone through a really, really hard sickness, both with my mom having cancer, so I've had to watch someone go through a hard sickness, and myself having cancer. So I can really well empathize with any, with people going through hardships like that. And it just puts into perspective how small a lot of my other issues are, which honestly, even now has made it easier with certain things. You know, someone rubs you the wrong way and I'm like, and, and now it just doesn't matter as much, honestly. And the other thing, so I feel like I can focus on loving other people better just with what I've experienced. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's a great perspective, and and I know you've Im- impacted a lot of people on this on this journey you've had, and and you're living the good life. You're a high school senior, captain of the cross country team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think, I think Jim, unless you have any questions, I think we can let Luke go. Anything you want to add here, Jim? No, I think you covered it all, Luke. Hope yeah. you get better, and I really appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us today. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks, Luke. I'll probably catch up to you if not this fall, maybe in the track season. All right. Sounds good. good. Thank you for having me.
Well, John, thanks for lining up Luke. Uh, glad to learn about his story. Uh, let's get to the rest of the show. But first, tell, yeah. quickly, tell us about Pizza Barn in Princeton, who makes all this possible. Uh, let's let's talk about the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton for a second here. Uh, the longtime sponsor of Preps Today with John Malay. It's a family-owned business for four decades. It's an absolute fixture in downtown Princeton. It's a busy place with always tons happening. It's a great community-centric place that does a lot of wonderful things for people. And you'll find a complete menu with everything you'd want for lunch, for dinner, in-person dining, take-and-bake delivery. They also cater, and they have their popular lunch buffet Monday through Friday. And we can't forget about those two Pizza Barn food trucks. They're very busy these days, traveling far and wide to bring those great Pizza Barn items to folks all over Minnesota and into Wisconsin. They're at community events, breweries, parades, uh, you know, town festivals. You can hire them privately for your gathering. It's a, it's a great thing. And as always, great thanks to our friend Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn for sponsoring our podcast. Yes. Thank you, Jody. All energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. Visit allenergysolar.com slash coach for your free solar evaluation. Also want to let you know that a lot of people agree we need to lower our carbon footprint. They also agree we need reliable and affordable energy every minute of every day. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's seasons. Renewable propane is compatible with traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Uh, Propane, the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you at propane.com. John, tell us about tournament time. Yeah, it is so busy now, Jim. This is MEA week. I don't it's not officially called MEA week anymore. But, you know, no school basically around the state uh towards the end of the week. Also is the traditional end of the football regular season. So we've got games Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday this week. The football playoffs get going right away next week. Girls tennis and boys and girls soccer, they're in the midst of section tournaments. And uh, the state tournaments and those sports will, will come up next week. All the other fall sports seasons are winding down. And I'll mention quickly the girls' state tennis tournaments next week. Uh, Class 2A is at the Baseline Tennis Center at the University of Minnesota. 1A at Inner City Tennis Center in South Minneapolis. Team play will be Tuesday and Wednesday, October 25th, 26th. Singles and doubles, Thursday, Friday, the 27th, 28th. Uh, state soccer quarterfinals will be held outdoors at several sites. Hopefully, I think the weather's going to warm up, but uh, October 25, 26, 27, we'll have state quarterfinals and boys and girls soccer. And the winners from those games will advance to the semifinals at U.S. Bank Stadium November 1st and 2nd. And the state championship games will be held there November 4th. And another fall sports note, I want to congratulate uh, the St. James area football team on ending a 33 game losing streak. They beat Wabasso 20 to nothing uh, last week and they had not won since October, 2018. So congrats to St. James football. Good stuff. Let's get to the original Viking. Yeah. I saw this, uh, this news item last week. Uh, Frank Uso, a native of international falls, uh, was a Gophers football player and NFL veteran. He died recently. Frank was 86 Played offensive line for the New York Giants from 1958, that's the year I was born, to 1960. And then this is this is the local angle. Uh, he was the first player signed by the Minnesota Vikings in the expansion draft in 1960. Wow. 
And he played for the Vikings for two years. He was an offensive lineman, finished his career with the Oakland Raiders. I met Frank briefly in 2017. I was at a game in International Falls. The visiting team was Virginia, and he had a grandson, Ethan Uso, playing for Virginia. Frank and I chatted briefly, and uh, you know, after his playing career, he returned to International Falls and ran a resort, sold insurance. I think kind of a giant in that community. Kind of reminds me of Bronco Nagurski, you know, a guy who goes off from the falls and has a great uh, professional sports career and, and then comes home to, to live the rest of his life and, and do great things in the community. So our condolences to the family of Frank Uso. Well, thank you for telling us about it. That's, that's, yeah. that's uh, I'm sorry for sorry about his loss, but uh, I'm glad to know about him. All right, let's uh, wrap up the show with a couple of set pieces. Yep. Let us thank a ref. Yeah, this was cool. This was a, a volleyball t- a tweet from a volleyball official, Stephen Chapin. He worked a game at Mountain Lake, home of Luke Claussen, who we talked to a few minutes ago. So after the volleyball game, he tweeted, it was a fun match to officiate. High-class gesture after this match. Gift bags for the officials. Some candy, a thoughtful thank you note from uh, the Mountain Lake Wolverine volleyball team. Class act, unquote. That's pretty cool. We see that more and more. Let's treat these officials well. I've been talking to some officials uh, for a couple of stories I'm working on, Jim, and and we're trying to figure this thing out of how do we recruit and and retain more officials. and, And I haven't had anyone change my two thoughts. Fans have to behave better. And this is not a huge problem in Minnesota. We see stories from around the, the, the nation of, uh, you know, terrible things, you know, knock on wood. We haven't had things like that here with officials. But the other thing is, how do we pay officials more? And I, nobody's been able to crack that nut yet, but there's so many great officials out there. And when especially schools do a great job of thanking them, that's that's going above and beyond. You're right. They they should make more money, but at least uh, the great thing about giving a gift is you automatically create a bond and yeah. humanize the person you're 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 dealing with. Great idea. All right, let's get go to most valuable teammate. Yeah, we'll close the show. This week's most valuable teammate is Courtney Hirschberger, a senior at Fillmore Central. Uh, she's a true definition of a team player. After a knee injury, she's a volleyball player. She decided not to compete in any fall sports but has found other ways to give back. She volunteers to help paint the football field every week. And as a manager for the volleyball team, she's always willing to help, always has a smile on her face. She's a role model and inspiration for all. Congrats to Courtney Hirschberger of Fillmore Central on being a most valuable teammate. Good stuff as always, John. Thank you for introducing us to Luke Claussen. Thanks again to Brianne Burdett. Thanks to Pizza Barn in Princeton and Minnesota Propane. And we'll be back next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. 